The savings rock when you find a new way to roll. Like sharing the ride to work. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, commuter connections can match you with others who live and work near you. It's easy and free. Plus, you can get cash and other rewards for carpooling, up to $600 a year. Get rolling on a new way to work with Rideshare. Register today at commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. That's commuterconnections.org. Some restrictions apply. The new Willy Wonka Golden Ticket Games from the Virginia Lottery are here. The Scratcher gives you the chance to win up to $100,000. The online game gives you the chance to win up to $1 million. For more information, visit valottery.com. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on Shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. All right, welcome to the show. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. A lot to get to today. We got, uh, first of all, we want to thank everybody in Atlanta. Yeah! Oh, my God. We were there in Atlanta for a live last podcast on the left, and it was one of the most incredible times we've ever had in our entire lives. And we got the real American experience. We got drugs. We met a bunch of great people. And there was a shooting a couple blocks away. <laughs> so that was very exciting. There were a couple of shootings that night. Well, this is true, right, Marcus? A, th- a few blocks from the venue, and uh, it's, it was an incredible venue. Uh, there was a man who was shouting Allah Akbar, and he was shooting cars. Just shooting cars. Which not- is kind of fun. <laughs> not shooting anyone. Not actually shooting people. Just shooting cars, shouting Allah yeah. Akbar. It seems like something every redneck does in Alabama on July 4th. <laughs> you know, George Washington, and then just shoot a car. Shooting a car seems like a really fun thing to do. It's really. Have you ever shot a car? Never shot a car. It's really fun. You've shot a car? Yeah, abandoned cars. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? It means it's a car that's not running anymore. No one's coming. No one's looking after it. No one wants it, so you shoot it. You put it down like a cow? <laughs> Is that how you get rid of the car? That's incredible. So uh, let's start off. We're going to talk a little bit about Brexit which is uh, the British exit from the EU. And, Marcus, you've informed me Brexit. I know it's a combination of British exit, but there's a term for it. Portmanteau. Portmanteau. (laughs) So that's today's uh, new word lesson, portmanteau, which sounds like a place where people unbutton their shirts to reveal a very large hairy chest as they get uh, drunk off of gin and tonics (laughs) on the beach. Portmanteau seems like the place where everyone went to retire and fart. (laughs) Yeah, you take two existing words and you put them together to make a new word. Britain, exit, Brexit, portmanteau. That's exciting. <laughs> so, yeah, people people have done it with our names before, but I can't think of any clever ways to do it other than, you know, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. A portmanteau <laughs> is difficult to come up with. So we'll get into Brexit a little bit later in the show. Obviously, that will be happening tomorrow, Thursday, June 23rd. It's a huge day uh, for the U.K., Uh, for the EU, and for the world in general. And if they do decide to exit, that's a big blow to what Alex Jones likes to call the global government. (laughs) Which it truly would be a large blow to this global government, which there is no denying is forming right under our eyes, right under our noses in front of our eyes. All right, so let's start with uh, some campaign news from Hillary and Trump. 
Let's begin with financing. <laughs> Turns out uh, Donald Trump, even though his uh, former, uh, the man who was formerly running his campaign, Corey Lewandowski, who is now ousted because they want to go with a less mafia feel. <laughs> they want to have a little bit more. They want to be a little bit a kinder, more, uh, you know, uh, more more presidential vibe. That's where they want to go. That's where they want to go with the campaign. And Corey Lewandowski was more like, I'll break your kneecaps. He was more that kind of guy. So they ousted him. But before he was ousted, he did have the time to speak to the media. And he promised that May was a huge fundraising month for Trump. They're pulling in so much money into their coffers. Trump is getting a new uh, a new wig every day. <laughs> That's how much cash they were making. But it turns out that wasn't exactly true. That is absolutely not true. Trump's FEC uh, filings have just been released, and it has been revealed that Trump has, in his entire coffers, $1.3 million, Which, right. okay, $1.3 million to us, that sounds like a hell of a lot of money. That's it doesn't a- even sound like that much, quite honestly, <laughs> with today's inflation. <laughs> but when you compare that, uh, that, when you compare that war chest to Hillary Clinton's, Hillary Clinton has $42 million right. in the bank as opposed to, to Donald Trump's $1.3 million. It is mm-hmm. an astonishing low amount for a Republican frontrunner to go into a general campaign with. It's almost like this whole thing has been a fraud. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my God. And one of the great ironies, of course, he spent roughly 20 percent of all of his uh, campaign fundraising events and all of the com- uh, campaign um much of the money spent has been at his own estates. The Mar-a-Lago, for example. Eric Trump's wine company. Mm-hmm. They're doing a lot of wine catering. <laughs> so the whole thing is just sort of a large scam feeding into his own into his own industry. So there's the, so he's not losing any money, but he's also not spending any money. It's just he can stay buoyant. Yeah. But he's not exactly creating a 50 straight st- a strategy. With $1.3 million, if I had that much money, I might stop stealing Netflix from my neighbor's parents. <laughs> Maybe that's as much money as I that it would re, that, it, that it would require me to be like I'll pay seven bucks a month. You know how big ca- uh, Trump's campaign staff is? How many people? Thirty. 30 people. Keeping it small, keeping it insular. <laughs> I think there is actually something to be said about a mobile campaign staff. If you look, let's let's do what um, the Germans did. What did they do with their tanks? Big, bulky German tanks. The Panzer tanks were one of the most efficient military machines ever created. Tell that to the lake they got stuck in. To the rivers they would get stuck in. They couldn't cross a damn bridge. Well, they were too big. It was but Russia. the U.S. <laughs> oh, the Russians. Blitzkrieg, my friend. Okay. Worked U- real well against Poland. Well, the Polish company. And were, France. They were, well, all right. I'm not going <laughs> to criticize people who were destroyed during the war. <laughs> I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying the Panzer tanks are pretty efficient. I mean, I was about to make fun of the Polish, but I'm not going to make fun <laughs> of them during the World War II era Polish people. Those people were great Polish people. Great Polish people. Yeah. The best. But the U.S., their tanks, smaller, more agile, more mobile. So there is something to be said about having a campaign staff that is small that can then adjust to the uh, to the winds of the news media. That, and, is, I mean, that is true, but they have no ground game whatsoever. They well, have no volunteers. Yeah. They have no people making phone calls. They have nothing. They got people making phone calls. They got 10 people making phone calls. He Hillary Clinton, that- I think, has something like 40 in Ohio alone. 
he sent out his first uh, Trump sent out his first email soliciting funds. Uh, I believe it was yesterday. It was this week, uh, regardless, which is very remarkable. He's now been the presumptive nominee, uh, nominee for roughly five weeks, and he has completely let these five weeks go to waste. Of course, he got caught up in this ridiculous judge scandal, the judge presiding over Trump University. Uh, we all remember he said he couldn't uh, pr- preside over the case because he's Mexican. The man was born in Indiana, slightly mm. different. He completely got off message, completely got off game. Again, hence, that's why Corin Lewandowski is now gone. But if you look at what Hillary has with her campaign, what they do is just layer. They layer, layer, and layer like an everlasting gobstopper. They don't really fire anybody. They just bring in another 30 people to replace uh, to replace the positions of uh, of a previous 30, and they just sort of demote, they demote, they demote, which is why Hillary's had, for the inverse of the problem, that's why she's had a very difficult time with messaging also. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. Too many cooks in the kitchen makes a bad omelet. (laughs) I've heard that. But going back to Trump and financing, it is remarkable. The most that he has spent, the thing that he has spent the most on, which was a joke months ago. We were all just kidding about it, but it turned out to be true. It's the reason that young people love him. Because young people also love hats. <laughs> Everyone knows it, and that's what Trump has spent a huge amount of this $1.3 million on. It's not just hats. He spent almost $1 million on swag. 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 T-shirts, hats, mugs, and signs. So I was- $900,000. 13% of his total spending mm-hmm. on his campaign has been swag. Swag. <laughs> swag. That's another word we will slowly kill. Fleek. As soon as Marcus and oh. I start, swag is gone. We saw, oh, cause swag's been dead for years. Yeah, swag, swag. Yeah, no one says that anymore. Well, it goes back to my first time I appeared on Kennedy on Fox Business when I called him the hip hop president. And sure enough, I am being proven correct. Like, All so- he's doing is selling swag and selling hats. <laughs> and the whole time he's pretending like he's running for president. It's just if a merchandise page could could run for president, it would be him. <laughs> It's remarkable. It's crazy. And not only that, but he's paying himself. He's paying himself as well. Uh, So the question is, how does he get a 50-state strategy going into the general? He is now losing in Pennsylvania. He's tied in Ohio, but I think those numbers are going to get worse and worse for him the more his campaign implodes. And he's getting crushed in Florida. And we know you have to win at least three of those uh, four states. It's uh, And I'm forgetting the the other state. But it's those, uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and, uh, and Florida are crucial for a presidential election. And it looks like the polls are not going his way. If you're a Trumper out there and you want a little bit of uh, a a little um, hope, 25 percent of the electorate is still undecided, which is a huge number. Usually at this point, we're going about 5 percent, 10 percent. The swing voters that everybody tries to court so um, aggressively towards the, you know, the the closer and closer November comes. So 25 percent still undecided. So those numbers can shift in a dramatic way because he's only down by like 10 points in Florida. Um, and a few points in Pennsylvania. But it's a good sign for our boy Gary Johnson, who, again, just needs to get roughly 15% in some polls so then he can get into the debates, which there's only going to be like one or two. Hillary does not want to debate whatsoever. Oh, no. Although I don't know why, because I think she would crush Trump. I mean, Trump will look like such a juvenile child discussing uh, the issues next to to Hillary. He will, but he's also going to get all the sound bites. Mm -hmm. You know, everything that comes out, everything that comes out of Trump's mouth, I mean, he's going to attack her, and he's going to attack her 
big and he's going to attack her personally. Yes. And that's what's going to be the soundbite. That's what's going to come out. And who knows if those swing voters will pay attention to that stuff, but it is definitely going to bolster Trump's base every time. The All they're going to do is they're mm-hmm. going to go for They love the schoolyard shit. They love, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They love him doing the insult stuff. Like it's That's mm-hmm. what they look for. That's why they like him. And God knows there's, there's so much to uh, to go after Hillary on. Anyway, long going back to Gary Johnson really quick, if you are thinking about him, uh, this would be the year to go third party because it looks like um, your vote is actually going to matter and there could be a big difference. Uh, in 2020, if we can get him at 5% in the polls, we can get the Libertarian Party. Even if you're not Libertarian, at the very, at the very least, it is an option that we could possibly see getting some federal funding in 2020. Okay, going back to Hillary, I mean, you have the Trump scandal where he's just paying himself money. He's just going to his Mar-a-Lago estates. Eric Trump has uh, given all the wine uh, to the people at the parties. You look at Hillary, that Clinton Foundation scandal is huge. As soon as she hits Trump on all of this insane, uh, this shell game that he's playing, he can just hit her right back with being like, you took a lot of money from the Saudis. Do you remember that when you were Secretary of State and the Saudi government gave you a couple million bucks? So I think these are sort of nullifying points. Yeah, and maybe she can go surrogate with it. It's possible that she could get a couple of people here and there to really hit Trump hard on it. I I agree that she's not going to be able to go after him personally. Uh, But that's the other thing about the uh, the, him having so little money uh, is. Does he need it? Does he actually need money? Well, because that's the this, question. That's what everyone's been. All of these political pundits are coming out and saying, like, this is unprecedented. Like, how can yeah. he possibly win a general election? But the yes. pundits have been proved wrong again and again and again in this election. I know. I did Kennedy yesterday. I made one mistake. Kennedy asked me if I thought that um, Hillary would be president. And I said, yes. But I, in reality, you have to say, I am not going to be. I, I can't predict the future. Uh-huh. And that's what we, we, we really can't. But one of the interesting things, to your point, you know, with Citizens United, with all the money that is in government that is, uh, you know, dictating where these races are going to go and who is going to be in these races, he does break that entirely if he's able to actually get a ground game with this little bit amount of money. I mean, he was able to get people out to the polls in, in a primary, but you're focusing on one state, a 50 straight uh, state strategy for Trump. You have to you have to get people out to the polls. You know, you have to have uh, institutions put in place in these small municipalities you have to pay somebody in each one of those places. I just don't see how he can do it with this amount of money. It seems like it is an impossible amount of money, and you do wonder if he wants to be president or if he just wants to be more and more famous than he ever was before. Although, at the end of the day, he's actually hurting his brand quite a bit, <laughs> isolating a huge part of the world between Muslims and Mexicans. He's not hes not exactly helping uh, Trump hotels. Yeah, he's polling terribly among everyone except for white it's, white dudes. I mean, oh he God. really is, like, among women, among, I think, among black people, he's something like 95% uh, unfavorable. Well, that's uh, a tough one for a Republican to get. If 95, I mean, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the worst. This is a party that almost let David Duke get the nomination at one point. That is true. Um, it's interesting. He's at 12% right now with Hispanics. All that work that W did. The Republicans have been courting Hispanics for a very, very long time. They, they knew the future. They, yeah. know, they know where the country is going. They know the, uh, the um, cultural makeup of this nation is shifting dramatically. And uh, so W was able to get 40%. The Republicans are thrilled with that number. They're like, we're, go- we're going on the way up. And Trump has just completely 
completely destroyed any progress they made with the Hispanic voting bloc. He's down to 12% support. I want to meet those 12%. <laughs> uh, they must have like a real disdain for their parents. We're like, yeah, Trump, uh, I was born here. Get my parents out of here. Well, even if uh, they go to uh, the convention and somehow the Republicans finagle the rules where they're able to yeah. get Trump out of there and put someone else in, the biggest problem is that all of these uh, Republican establishment uh, people is that they, even though they came out with the whole Mexican judge thing and said, like, listen, that's racist, they ba- that's bad, they still stood by him. They still, so- they still endorsed him, and yeah. Clinton can bring that in again and again and again. Sure, and then of course he can just attack her for her super predator line when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, blacks and uh, in the crime bill that passed in '94. But uh, it is amazing that Paul Ryan, you know, and I feel this is why you should never become Speaker of the House. And Paul Ryan did not want to become Speaker. No, you are third in line to the presidency, but you, it is there might as well be a, a foot thick glass, uh, you know, uh, wall between you and the presidency. There's no getting through it. I know Ford got through it. Gerald Ford fell. (laughs) He fell, and people thought it was funny, and they let him be president. But it's very difficult now for Paul Ryan. Yeah. And he comes out, and he claimed, and he he rightfully says that Trump's stance on this Mexican judge was racist. Okay, so you're, you're good there, but then he still endorses. Yeah. So now you, now he knows that he's endorsing a racist. But he's fine with it. Yeah. It looks so much worse. Yeah. So much worse on paper than it should be. And the Republicans, I mean, they are, there is nothing that they can do. They can change all the convention rules they want. At the end of the day, if they don't give the nomination to Trump, their party is over. But even if they do give the nomination to Trump, their party's over. I mean, I think they lick their wounds. They can come back in 2020, uh, possibly. I mean, Hillary is going to be a nightmare president. You it, think so? I think so. I mean, I think this just, it's going to be four years of scandal, sex talk, and just, I mean, nothing is going to get done. Oh, we're about to go into four years of fun no matter what. It's four years of fun. <laughs> That's what we'll call the Hillary presidency. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be very good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The Clintons are just, they are scandal machines. Yeah, they, they are. They are so good at making them. They're really, it's its remarkable. Yeah. if They're, they're like the Hershey's candy of, of scandals. <laughs> they just... They're constantly making scandal bars. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, that is true, man. And of course, uh, you know, obviously on the uh, on the left side with Hillary, there is always the chance she will be indicted. I really highly doubt it. Yeah. Loretta Lynch is not going to let that happen. Obama won't let that happen. And uh, for Bernie, his supporters are still out there. They're being loud. They're trying to fight for as many delegates as they possibly can. But it's not looking good unless, of course, uh, she is federally indicted, which is a possibility she is under federal investigation and let me just say this i've never been you ain't never been what under federal investigation (laughs) i've never been you know i think if you are under federal investigation you are slightly closer to be federally indicted (laughs) from what i understand well you're not so squeaky clean brother remember when you went to the tombs yeah, that was for this because I helped a friend through a turnstile. <laughs> Hillary took twenty million from the Saudis. No, sir. No, sir. That's because you didn't pay your ticket. It's because I forgot to pay my ticket, <laughs> and it was a twenty dollars ticket. Twenty three hours in the tombs. Good lord! For those that don't know, the tombs are the the, the little jail cell they hold you in. That is a living hell. Here in New York City. Smells like milk, you say? Smells like milk and bleach. (laughs) So if you ever really wanted to experience what it was like to be Hitler in the afterlife, (laughs) that is, it is the tombs. Oh, God. Marcus, why'd you make me think of it? PTSD from that experience. 
So who knows? Anyway, let's do a little VP stakes for uh, for Hillary. She seems to be courting this guy, Tim Kaine, who is extremely boring. And then Elizabeth Warren. I don't think I just want to say this really quickly. I don't think she'll choose Elizabeth Warren because uh, I don't think she can be she, Elizabeth Warren would overshadow her. Yeah. Hillary would look, uh, you know, look terrible. Well, Elizabeth Warren is dynamic. She's dynamic, yeah. and to the left, they absolutely love her. I don't really understand fully why she hasn't done that much, if anything. And if you listen, if you listen to her stances, this is the thing with Elizabeth Warren and a lot of uh, a lot of people on the left. And I want to hear what you think, Marcus. Oftentimes, they hide their. Um, institutional policies, there are policies that just maintain the status quo under the guise of consumer protection. So you have a situation like Uber, you have Lyft, these are great services, sometimes they'll gouge you. Yeah. But if they do gouge you, you can always take a yellow cab, or we I call a company called Metroline. Uh, you're a big fan of Metroline. They of are course. thrilled when their <laughs> phone rings. Well, Uber is capitalism at its finest. It is. You know, and, and if it's it's capitalism at its finest because, you know, if they do gouge you, then you can choose to do something else. So you have something like you have someone like Elizabeth Warren who wants to get rid of Uber and Lyft if you listen to what she's saying. All she wants to do, all because she they're in they're in cahoots with the taxi unions and all the other uh, all the other unions around the country. So they put it under the guise of consumer protection. In reality, I think consumers can can protect themselves enough because we're not a bunch of morons running around. Yeah, Elizabeth Warren is very good at PR. She is. She's got a great public face. Uh, she knows exactly what to say, and she knows how to take a stance on an issue that she has no hope. Of actually getting through, yeah. but she makes a real, she looks really good taking a stand. And I appreciate sure. that. There needs to be people out there that talk about this stuff. There needs to be people out there that are very vocal. Uh, but Elizabeth Warren is just, she's so much better at PR than Hillary Clinton is. And she's mm -hmm. just, you just like her more. She was, she's got, uh, she's an Anthony Weiner type. Yeah. Although, uh, you know, less flattering pictures, I assume. <laughs> uh, or an Alan Grayson, or even Trent Lott, if you want to go back and watch some old Trent Lott footage. She's bringing Trent Lott into this. Woo. Wow. <laughs> you hear the term dog whistle. <laughs> You'll never hear it more than when Trent Lott starts speaking in the South. <laughs> Holy hell. What a guy. My goodness. So that's one of my problems with Elizabeth Warren. But anyway, that's why I don't believe that she'll be on the ticket with Hillary. I think she's just too good. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's almost it's one of those bizarre things where if you're a uh, you you can't you know if you're if you're like the host of a show or something and uh, you, you're you're sick or you're on vacation they ask for a fill-in and you never recommend somebody who is better than you yeah you always recommend somebody who is worse so your job is safe right because if if Elizabeth Warren is uh, the VP everyone is going to demand her to be president <laughs> and hell I mean the, the the federal government might help her out with that yeah might might be I mean that's the the funny thing about I was thinking about this on the train yesterday the funny thing about both candidates is that there's a very good chance that if either one of them if they're elected they could be impeached within a year they could be I or, mean think about how badly Trump's gonna fuck up there's uh, so many rules there's so many ins and outs there's so many different things because ni neither Democrats nor Republicans want him in office they yeah. absolutely don't uh, people that are in the establishment, people that are already elected, none of them want him in the office. So they're yeah. going to be nitpicking and they're going to be staring at every single little thing that he does. And the moment that he screws up, that's when impeachment proceedings will start. And that's when they get him the hell out of there. Right. Sofas, recliners, love seats. Everything is better in leather. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley, where bold meets durable. And wait a minute. Who's been finger painting on the couch again? <laughs> That's okay. Leather is easy to clean. The new leather collection at Ashley is built with the durability you need for the whole family. Yes, pets too. Luxury is meant to be livable. 
Shop chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this. This place doesn't look like the pictures. Ah! Is there a door behind all those spiders? It's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. Ah, this is perfect. Relax, you booked a Verbo. Like all uh, politicians who uh, have movements behind them, though, there are people who want to kill them. Yeah. And Donald Trump had his first real assassination attempt happen this week. Well, a guy grabbed a cop's gun. He wanted to kill Trump. <laughs> he, he vocally, he, he, he screamed he wanted to kill Trump. Yes, he his did. His plan was terrible. <laughs> so the guy drove, yeah, I believe. cop's gun. I believe he drove. He drove across the country to go to a Trump rally. Obviously, these Secret Service events, you're not allowed to carry a gun because no matter what Trump says, when it comes to the Second Amendment, he doesn't want guns uh, being strapped to the chest of the people at his rallies. He wants them in Orlando nightclubs, <laughs> but not uh, not at his rallies. Yeah, his uh, rallies is uh, full of, uh, I would say, unpredictable people. Sure, Boist- that, boisterous. Well, that's one of the great ironies of all the people who are just like, what would have stopped the Orlando shooter's bullets going the other way? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Even the NRA came out and said that we don't want people having guns in nightclubs. Yeah. It's amazing. His stance is more uh, pro-gun than the NRA stance, and he's just saying it to get an applause from these monkeys in the audience who are just like, bullets going the other way, good idea. It sounds real cool. Would have hit a lot of other people and tons of uh, tons of them. Uh, tons more would have died. That's what I believe. More bullets is never good. Yeah, can you imagine two AR-15s firing well, at each other? Oh, can you-, you imagine dancing with one? How do you <laughs> dance with an AR-15? Especially the way that the kids are dancing now. They're twerking. And then all, all of a sudden, I'm sorry I shot you. My, my ass put my ass made the gun go off yeah i it mean would be ridiculous all these people they just i think they just want to live in an action movie sure uh, like that's what it is not only do they want to live in an action movie not only do they want to be in an action movie they want to live in a world where an action hero could possibly save them or where mm-hmm. an action hero could possibly save anybody well you know what we got to do we got to start putting gun turrets in the corners of nightclubs <laughs> you know that's what we have to start yeah, doing sniper nest that's yeah, what we, we need, need. Sniper, re- <laughs> sniper nest just in case anything goes down <laughs> Um, thank you, by the way. The response to our Orlando episode, we really appreciate yeah, we it. we really do, guys. Um, that was that a was- terrible event, and now we, uh, we're we not joking about that event. We are joking about Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, he did have an assassination attempt coming his way. The guy went, traveled across country, went to a Trump event, had the idea of stealing a cop's gun. He, he thought that the gun was uh, unlocked in the holster. For those that don't know, cops have very special holsters, and you can only take out the gun from a certain angle. Mm-hmm. It's almost impossible to take, out, to take a cop's gun. Unless they're unless their holder's broken. Yeah. Uh, so the guy went to take out the gun. I'm gonna shoot Trump, he yells, and the cop just looked at him and just beat the hell out of him. Yeah. I mean what do you I mean, what an idea. That is the dumbest thing I have ever heard in my entire life. I mean it's like I'm gonna shoot Trump. Whoop uh oh. Nope. God, <laughs> God damn it. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, no assassination attempt should have an uh oh in it. No, it should not. So anyway, we've had everything in this election cycle and now we have our first official assassination attempt. Yeah, and it's not going to be the last. All right, let's move on a little bit to Brexit here, Marcus. Do we have enough content? We've got definitely got some okay. content on so this Brexit stuff. Speaking of assassination attempts, a, a person, a country first person, which is something that uh, people who want to exit the European Union are saying uh, in the UK, country first. Some people believe it has far right radical roots. Some are saying it's a, you know, it's part of a uh, it's a fascist statement. I think it, there is a, you can make a strong argument for, um, 
for uh, nativism and uh, and nationalism. I think that a little nationalism is good. And the idea that people want to exit the EU, I can understand their point of view. These are average working class people who are sick and tired of paying the bills for the broke ass countries like Greece who don't take care of their economy and constantly milk the uh, more uh, you know successful nations for cash. So I understand why some people want to leave uh, the EU. But there was an assassination of a politician, this woman who was... Uh, against Brexit, Joy Cox, and uh, she, she was murdered uh, this week. So the tensions are very, very high right now in Europe, and this is the first uh, piece of gun violence. This is the first, um, you know, act of gun violence in the, in, in, uh, in the U.K. in a very long time, specifically when it comes to assassinating a political figure. I believe the last time was, I think it's been about 20 years, I think the last time was uh, an Irish, like I think it was a Northern Ireland guy mm. uh, that assassinated mm. a politician uh, in this way. It's been an extremely long time. Yes, and of course for us, I mean, uh, we had, um, you know, um, the beautiful woman who was shot in the face. Uh, Gabby Giffords. Gabby Giffords. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it happens much more regularly here. Yeah. Uh, or at least the attempts uh, happen here. Um, right now, the polls are 47%, 47%. No one knows wh- what is going to happen tomorrow when they actually vote. So what are just some of the main points of Brexit, just to give our listeners just a little, just a just the old Wikipedia rundown? <laughs> well, the first thing that people want to uh, get rid of is uh, child benefits. Oh, wow. uh, or not necessarily getting rid of them, uh, but it says that migrant workers will still be able to send child benefit payments back to their home country, mm. but the payments will be set at a level reflecting the cost of living in their home country rather than the full UK rate. So we have a very similar situation here where they say roughly 80% of the money that a lot of the immigrants who are working illegally in this country, they send it back uh, mm-hmm. to their to their homes in, in Mexico or where, wherever they might be uh, uh, here from. So, okay, so that's a good point. So they want to tax that money more heavily and put a, put a cap on how much money they can send back. Right. The, to so, theoretically stimulate the economy there. Yeah, it'll be, it's an exchange rate type of thing. Okay. Uh, the next thing is migrant welfare payments. Uh, they say that they want to cut the amount of benefits low-paid workers from other European nations can claim when they take a job in the UK, and it will remove one of the reasons people come to uh, England in such large numbers. You know, when Trump, when he, when he uh, floated down that escalator in Trump Tower, June 16, 2015, <laughs> you know, the, the fact that he brought up immigration first in the worst possible way, yes. immig- it does seem like immigration is the major cornerstone for so much unrest in the, uh, in the first world countries all over the globe. Oh, it's, I think it's one of the uh, biggest, in Europe, I think it is uh, the biggest issue. I mean, you could argue Germany, uh, Merkel, she put that nation in, uh, in a huge uh, in a in a, uh, in a political mess taking in 800,000 uh you know uh, refugees uh, many of them i mean the social norms are just completely different specifically when it comes to uh when it comes to the relations between men and women and sexuality uh so it is a very interesting thing immigration seems to be the major um point of conflict right now globally it's been bubbling up for a very long time in europe and in the uk immigration has been uh, a huge point of contention for a very for decades 
For right. decades and decades, the whole immigration thing has been at a bubbling point. And we have situations, and we have it in this country, we, 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 we have populations of immigrants that come, and they maintain those populations. The idea of the melting pot is, is a failing one. Um, perhaps it's because our society hasn't been warm enough uh, to melt the hearts of the immigrants that have come here. <laughs> but you look at the Somali population in, uh, in Minnesota, you look at the Hmong population in Wisconsin, there are huge pockets of extremely isolated communities, and many of those communities, those are the ones that are being radicalized online by places, by institutions like ISIS and Al-Qaeda. I mean, but the thing is about that, that is if like, let's say that there was the internet uh, back when the Irish were first immigrating. Sure. Here, the Irish would have been radicalized. Sure. Like any sure. sort of uh, any sort of uh, downtrodden, isolated uh, communities here in the United States. That just tends to happen. We've had mm-hmm. isolated communities here in the United There are But there was a for- there was a force there was a, you you were forced to assimilate because you didn't have another uh, you didn't have another um outlet to express yourself. Not necessarily. Uh, yeah, you were absolutely forced to assimilate uh and it but it took an extremely long time. Yeah. There are town, small towns in Texas that still speak German. That uh, they have really? Yeah. They said they uh, it's dying out right now, but they have their very mm. own they call it Texas German, where they have their actual Texas like, German. Texas German, yeah, and uh, you know, and there's still towns down there like you know Brandenburg and Fredericksburg down in South hmm. Texas where Schlitterbahn is, uh, the best damn water park in all of Texas. Schlitterbahn, Schlitterbahn. Even their water parks <laughs> sound like a disgusting <laughs> sex act. <laughs> yeah, My goodness. But that that's something that's happened in America for a very long time. But at this point, you're sure. right. The radicalization happens. The whole world has changed. That right. sort of thing doesn't work anymore. All right, let's go on. Uh, the next one is uh, keeping the pound uh, because, oh, yeah. of course, that's a huge thing that they need. They want to keep the pound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says that they'll never join the euro. It says uh, he uh, Cameron secured assurances that the eurozone countries will not discriminate against Britain for having a different currency. And any British money spent on bail- bailing out eurozone nations will get into trouble, will also be reimbursed. And, you know, I understand that. I mean, the idea of changing your currency over is a it's a huge one. Yeah. And it, it is, you know, in a capitalist world, we are we are identified by our wealth, by our by our money. And the idea of just having all of a sudden you go with the EU and, and you used to be the pound after hundreds of years. It seems like a lot. Yeah. And then there's also protections for London's uh, financial sector. Uh, That one wants to prevent European regulations uh, from being imposed on their financial institutions. Okay. And, of course, the biggest one is just UK doing its own thing. They run their own affairs. They don't have to worry about anybody else. They are an independent, sovereign nation, uh, and they can just do whatever they want, regardless of what happens in Europe, the rest of Europe. Right. All right. Well, that's a little bit on Brexit. The British exit, the port manto, manto, <laughs> port manto, Brexit. I'm not sure. I mean, well, I think right now a lot of the people who are in charge of the financial institutions are warning it's going to be doomsday if they leave the EU. But you know they have a contingency plan if they do leave. I think everything will end up being fine at the end of the day. Yeah, it's not like they didn't see this coming. Everyone has seen this coming for a very, very long time. And that's why when you make these arbitrary dates, I mean, when the EU formed, they just said in 2020 the Brits will have to decide if they want to go through the pound or uh, or transfer over to the euro. But when when the date 
it is actually upon us. It's very intense. So, I mean, you just, I mean, that's how so many of these things pass. We're like, 2020, I mean, no matter how old we are, we're just like, that's never happening. <laughs> Even right now, I'm not sure if we'll, well, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about 2020. Four years of fun, my friend. If you give me a million dollars right now and you're like, you have to pay it back by 2020 or your family's dead, I'd be like, give, it, give me three million. <laughs> I don't care. Sure, why not? 2020. But it's really not that far away. No. And none of these things are that far away. No, they never are. So it's, it, it's upon us. We'll see what happens, and the entire world could change tomorrow, uh, which is really exciting. These are these are crazy times. This is some of the most. I mean, these are the most contentious times in the world, I think, or at least in mm-hmm. America. You know, since the '60s, on so many levels. Yeah. you know, on so many levels. Just I was, the music isn't as good. The music is terrible. <laughs> But you know, in yeah, what am I supposed to do? Get angry listening to Vaporwave? No, I don't even know what Vaporwave is, but I like the name. It makes me angry. <laughs> that actually does. I kind of, I kind of like it. Uh, but I mean, there's some real cool stuff out there right now. But right. you know, 60s. That's where it's at, man. That's that is where it at. That is where it at. That's what I've heard. <laughs> that is where it at. All right. And of course, uh, just come back domestically just really quick. The Senate was not able to pass that guns bill. If you go into it, it's uh, politics on both sides. It's really pathetic. Uh, do a little research on it. Mm. The, the the Dems uh, put in a few provisions that the Republicans, they knew the Republicans would never vote for. Uh, and for some reason, these the Republicans are... They they're they're finding their love of freedom on the terror watch list. Yeah. Um. Th- for this is that's a the hill they're gonna die on. And it's very interesting for the Republicans to choose the terror watch list as the one part where they don't want the government to intrude in your lives. If you look at how they've been pro over policing for a very very long time, pro law enforcement, pro invasion of privacy when it comes to the CIA or what the FBI has done. For some reason, they're very concerned about people being put on the ter- terror uh, watch list uh, wrongfully, and that's what they're hanging their hats on is the reason why one of the reasons why they didn't vote for the um, semi-assault rifle ban. So, I mean, if you look at that bill, both sides politicized it, and uh, like this government always does, it couldn't pass because neither of the parties, the Democrats, uh, knew that the Republicans could never vote for certain, uh, some things in that plan. And uh, and that then they pushed it through, and then they have the talking point where the Democrats can say uh, Republicans are arming terrorists. That's not really true, and the Republicans are just left uh, to look like a bunch of jerk offs. I mean, one thing that I think we've really forgotten about in the midst of this presidential election, I think it gets forgotten a lot in presidential elections, is Senate and House uh, campaigns. Yeah. I mean, those. I think. Oh the, yeah. Like that's and that has more of a bearing on what happens in this country than the presidential election does, and it, we barely yeah. pay attention to it. And nowadays, because Congress and you know it's it's, it's every two years, um, these people, there's always somebody running for re-election. You almost wonder if we should make it a four-year term so you can because now with it's constant campaigning. Yeah. As soon as you're elected, you're on the phone the next day soliciting funds for the next election. So there is no actual, um, there is no leadership. And there's no good politicking going on, and there's no good legislation getting passed because and, everyone is terrified. And you really wonder if any sort of change can ever be made uh, as far as like – because you can say like, okay, like you know, Donald Trump uh, being at the head of the Republican Party could possibly you know, cause some voters to swing over to, the, to blue. But the co- districts are so gerrymandered yeah. that, it doesn't, that it doesn't matter. It's like they have made it where it is a solid Republican or a solid Democrats, Democratic district no matter what. I think one of the things that could solve it, and I've talked about this many times before, obviously the redistricting and the gerrymandering is just pathetic. They call it gerrymandering because it was it was the governor of Massachusetts, Jerry, who um, who made he redistricted 
the district that he knew that would get him support, and it looked just like a salamander. <laughs> so that's what they call it, gerrymandering. That's a, that's, I mean, it's just crazy that they let this happen in the first place. Yeah, it is. But another thing, uh, congressional term limits might be a good idea. You're in for two term stops. Oh, yes. So don't bother, don't bother sucking up to your constituents that much or to the to the lobbies or the or institutions that put you in power. Don't bother because you're out of there in two terms regardless. Mm-hmm. So I think something like that could really help. It'd be Either nice. way, we have to reform those. But the difficult thing is that would require them to vote. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's very difficult to get them to vote themselves out of office. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, if we did that, we wouldn't be faced with something like a Robert Byrd who, uh, oh my God. you know, now, now he claims to be okay, but he was in the KKK. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we had Strom Thurmond, who was against segregation until he was 100 years old, drooling all over yeah. the damn desk. Yeah. Strom Thurmond didn't even know where he was for the past 30 years. No, he and he just had an aide writing everything and voting for it. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, and but it's going to be impossible. If both of those things, they made these laws uh, or they prevent these laws from pushing through so they can keep their jobs because apparently it's super fun. They love it, it because they would they wouldn't stay in it for so long. But if it wasn't awesome, so maybe we, you know, what we got to do nails on the seats. <laughs> put put some. We just have to start putting sharp things around. Oh, just, oh I don't want to be. Oh, oh man. Oh. I don't this want to be here anymore. This isn't so much fun anymore. When's my term done? This sucks. <laughs> I hate nail seat. Promise me two years of fun. This isn't fun <laughs> at all. That's right. No water park rides. If you're in Congress, you can't go down to Texas and go to, what was it called? Schlitterbahn. You don't get to go. <laughs> the dirtiest lazy river I've ever been on in my life. Ooh. Oh, it's brownish. Accurately named. <laughs> um, we will be in Washington, D.C. this weekend, actually, for another, uh, for another live last podcast on the left. Speaking of uh, the beautiful times that can be had in Washington, D.C. Come on out. Well, we actually sold out this wow. weekend. We totally sold out, but our good friend, John F. O'Donnell uh, is going to be on Redacted tonight. Yeah. Uh, their podcast is going on right before ours. Uh, so if you want to see some cool, uh, if you want to see some cool political stuff featuring, you know, a good buddy of us and a good buddy of our uh, of the show, yes. yeah, go check out uh, Redacted tonight. It is run by, it's financed by the Russians. It is financed by the Russians. Okay, we, He's been on the show. We've talked about I it. I know. We but, do have to clarify, it is propaganda for it, the Russians. <laughs> but that is that is just fine. I, I work at Fox News. Yes, you so do. We cannot, uh, yeah, we cannot uh, throw stones, can we? No, I can. You can't. <laughs> I can totally throw stones. Oh, please. I got pockets full of them. Oh, Marcus, that's just because you're weird. <laughs> he, he always he does have pockets full of stones. <laughs> At all times. Yep. Join uh, the Facebook group, the Abe Lincoln Stop At face, uh, Facebook group. By the way, we beat we beat Alex Jones on news and politics on iTunes. Glenn Beck, we're coming for you. Coming for you. We are crushing. Last podcast is absolutely crushing it. Top Hat's crushing it. Uh, make sure to listen to both of those shows, Roundtable. It's good, drunken fun. Uh, page 7, Sex and the Human Activities. You know how to find all those things. Oh, yeah. Marcus's Lucky Bone Show. Mm-hmm. slash Marcus Parks. Find Marcus Parks on Instagram and Twitter at Marcus Parks. I'm on Twitter at Ben Kissel and on Instagram at Ben Kissel1. And I'm posting some pictures. So don't think I'm not. There you are. Yep. I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And uh, I suppose we'll just wrap it up. Let us know what you guys think. Email us, text us, whatever you want. Or, you know, tweet us. Tweet us. Don't, te- can, don't text us. You can text me if you want. I can give you my number. Just yeah. direct message me. I'll give you my number. Yeah. Don't uh, do that. I'll, I'll give him your number. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, do that. I'll give him my dad's number. <laughs> He's bored. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com.
When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.